Hey everybody, welcome back to Arcade Cozy, uh, the coziest game room on the internet. My name is Chris. My name is Corey. And this, Corey, is episode number 22, a.k.a. 22. the long-awaited Goaty episode. It's finally here. finally here. I am we did very it. pumped. We made it. Uh, 22, you know, we're like Taylor Swift on her uh, red release, um, you know, Taylor's version. uh, We're feeling 22. Um, Sorry, that was was me just shoehorning it Any opportunity, any opportunity to talk about Taylor. Yeah. How is the 22 song on the Taylor's version of Red? Better? Worse? Uh, I mean. Same? Yeah, it's about the same. I've actually never been like the biggest fan of it it's fun but it's certainly not one of her better songs if yeah. that makes sense okay. it's fun though okay so. yeah i liked it um, yeah yeah i, I remember mean, listening to it when i was 22 now look at me same i do i do <laughs> as well <laughs> but Corey, today i mean we've been we did the basic task of surviving to the end of 2021 um, we've collected our memories together and we are going to discuss them here, Corey. This is our, yes, we this are. is the big milestone that we've been waiting for. Um, Corey, how excited are you to be done with 2021? Um, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm trying to think of the words. Um, 2021, I think was a very difficult year for, um, a lot, a lot of people. Yep. Um, and I mean, it was a difficult year for me, but I also had, you know, some good things to happen this year. I got married this year, uh, you know, my yep, wife moved in, got to go on a great trip, um, during a time, um, where COVID was down and we got to go, um, out to like Glacier National Park, like hike out there, see Seattle on the West coast. Um, did a lot of home renovations. I mean, it was, it was a difficult year, um, with family work and things going on, but all together, it's a year I can look back on, um, relatively fondly. Um, okay. But that, with that being said, I'm very excited for 2022 and things yeah. are going to be coming. Got a lot of things planned coming throughout this year that I'm excited about, uh, me and my wife are excited about and yeah, all around it's looking good. I'm just hoping that the world can, you know, get its shit together and that yeah. way we can kind of move, <laughs> finally move on from this endemic bit of yeah, yeah. kind of what it is now. Yeah. Um, as much as the U S has think is already has moved on. It hasn't quite yet. Um, quite frustrating, but, uh, hoping for, you know, maybe people to change their minds and turn over a new leaf this year on some things. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the big kind of crux of it is, I mean, Years, calendar years don't like clearly mark, you know, whether something is going to change or whether something new is going to happen. Um, but I mean, which is kind of evidenced by 2021. I mean, 2021 was not like a big market shift from 2020. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we have some stuff to look forward to with 2022, even beyond gaming, just because, you know, I, the, a lot of the effects of COVID 
really started to hit during 2021. Yeah, and, you know, obviously we're going to still feel that going into 2022, but I feel like it's going to get a little bit, um, you know, it'll get a little, a little easier and then a little easier and then a little easier and we'll, you know, we'll make it through. Um, 2022 does look pretty good for games though. So you're not you know, wrong if, about that. Even if 2022 is just the world's on fire, you know, at least we'll, we'll have some dope ass games to play. I mean, um, horizon forbidden West, there's yeah. the leaked date of God of war Ragnarok, which, you know, I don't believe believe that it will come out in September of this year, but mm-hmm. one can hope. Yeah, you can hope. Uh, yeah. But Corey, that that's a topic for another episode. That is a topic for 2022, another episode. Most anticipated. That's that's a different time. Right now that, that's a we gotta, three week conversation. <laughs> right now we've got to lay out and talk about our 2021 favorites. You've been waiting for this, everybody. Yes. Um Corey, let's jump into it. Tell yeah. us, um, actually, before, before we get going, hold on, hold on, Corey. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry. sorry. Um, I, I realized we, we kind of highlighted this. Oh yeah, we did. We, you know, at, at the end of our last episode, we did just, the gun. just to reiterate, um, the goody discussion will be broken up into a part one, part two. This episode will be, um, our six through 10, the lower five of our favorites next still week. Very important. Be, very important, yeah. I mean, they still up. made it. Yeah, but um, just for, you know, just for your sake, so you're, you know, you can you can have a little bit of clear demarcation in there. Um, our top five will be coming out in the next episode. So, um, just be prepared. Just be prepared. These games are very good, but, you know. Please don't hurt their feelings. The, you should <laughs> listen to what they're all about, you know. Yeah. But, uh, Corey, okay. Okay, we're good now. Corey, tell us your number 10 most favorite game. Oh, I get it. All right, I'm kicking off. Oh, yeah, you start. You go. Okay. This is how we do things. Yeah, okay. So, um, number 10 for the year 2021 um, came out at the tail end of 2021. I've been playing it um, a fair amount since we last... uh, recorded um number 10 uh, for Corey thrasher is solar ash Ooh, coming from nice. heart machine um the what what's the correct terminology for it um but it's the inspired uh i can't even think of how to the sister how to uh, hyperlight drifter spiritual successor that's perhaps? the word that is the word yes <laughs> that's why that's what you're here for um yeah solar ash uh came out uh early december december 9th um picked it up and i've been playing it for the past week or so along with another game that will come up later on in this conversation that i want to get to uh, but solar ash is a very fun delight um let me go ahead and knock out some of the things i don't like about it of why it does come in at number 10 before i get into the things i really do like and love about it um they heart machine took a step from hyperlight drifter to solar ash instead of doing a very visual interpretation of the story you kind of exploring and giving little details to go on solar ash brings in a whole dialogue tree choices light choices uh, but still choices and um large confrontations with the essential um 
I wouldn't say antagonist, but what is presented as the antagonist so far. I haven't finished the game. Okay. I would like okay. that to be said. It's a six-part world. There's six areas, and I'm in the fifth area now. So I've worked okay. through a good chunk of the game, and, but it, I think the game would have been a lot better had they left more of it to your imagination, had they taken the dialogue away and just kind of let you do what the game does well, which I, want mm-hmm. to, which I will get into from here, is that it is a delight to play. Combat and enemies. Enemies are almost just there to almost kind of be there. They don't. Okay. You know, they're they're there for more of the create more challenges with the puzzles that do come up throughout the game. Um, especially specifically like ranged enemies that you have to get to. Now, getting to them is incredibly fun as you just skate across this world, boost, drift around. Um, it, this name, this game could be better called Hyperlight Drifter because you are just drifting. Okay. <laughs> At a an extremely fast pace through like this, the world's almost like cloud like is the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. Like you will fall from a great height and like dip under and like like ride through, then you'll boost and fly like soaring oh, out. Wow. Okay, it. yeah, no, it, it's so the it is a very smooth and very fun game to play. Now, all the boss fights are pretty repetitive. They all offer okay. some variety. It's very Shadow of the Colossus-esque. Um, okay. You, they are these, and each of the six areas, I think it's technically seven because you do have a starting hub, um, there is a gigantic monster that you have to you know, climb on, similar to Shadow of the Colossus, yep. and you have to hit its weak points in these very specific spots on the monster to okay. then destroy it. Makes and sense. it gives also very big vibes similar to Shadow of Colossus as you slay them like, am I doing the right thing? Um, but essentially, the story involves a Void Runner, as she is called, named Ray, uh, flying into this black hole in hopes of destroying it to prevent her planet from being swallowed. And each okay. of the areas you travel through are former planets that have been swallowed by this black hole. So each area offers different environments, different cultures that you can see. Um, one is like this, like almost like um, if you anything about D like D and D, like a Feywild palace, like deep in the woods, very dark, very magical. This other one is okay. like this big metropolis that has been consumed and broken apart. This one I'm on now is like this airship city with like air with like rails all around. Um, it varies. It's a lot of fun. And then eventually you have to go and kind of destroy these like certain black sludges parts that have taken up this environment by stabbing okay. them in the eye. by stabbing them in the eye with like this needle sword that you have. Once okay. you've done them all in the area, the monster awakens and it's traveling through the area. This is where it's fun. Because in a lot of games, in what would be a quick time event, something like Spider-Man or even God of War, where it's like, okay, I press square here, I wait for like the circle to close in, and I hit the button here, I hit the button here, I hit the button here, and boom. Like I've beaten this like little mini boss or like mini cutscene. Instead, right. this monster's flying through the air through the area, and you are just skating along its back, leaping, hitting like the weak spots, flying through, like doing like full 360s around. Like teleporting to like different spots along it by um, like zooming in, hitting R1 at the right time, getting close enough. And it is an absolute joy to pull off 
because the more you hit the monster, eventually its skin turns like this lava color. And that's okay. It's, it's, it's basically turns as the floor is lava that you can't touch the skin and you have to leap across these like small bone parts. And so you're just like leaping over its horns and across like its fins and wings. And it's incredible to pull off. It's a full on like cut scene that you get to do on your own smooth, quick pace. And it's honestly forgiving if you mess up because it just starts you back over from wherever you're um, back at the three, it's a three phase boss fight. Each of them starts you back at the whatever phase you've gotten to. You just leap back okay. on it and try again. And so it nice. doesn't offer a ton in story, um, but essentially um, it's a lot of fun. Great gameplay. Very enjoyable. I'll probably finish it here in the next day or two. I know it's a pretty short game. Um, and it does offer uh, some insight because after each time you kill one of these monsters, you essentially wake up in the palm. What I assume is, I have some theories I don't want to get into, but it's essentially okay. the, the, the deity of this black hole. And it's okay. just like, every time you do this, like you are causing me pain. You are hurting me. You are the cause of this destruction as all of you have been. So it sounds like each mm-hmm. time it's come through. Something happened each time someone comes through, they're just almost feeding whatever this black hole monstrosity is. Okay. And um, it, it begs into question, or it brings into question, I think, a lot of like morality tales like, okay, like who are you to like come and vanquish, you know, all of these other like entities throughout all these worlds and maybe potentially whatever this is. Um, like, is that, like, your destiny? Like, what are the ramifications of what you are doing? It kind of asks. Okay. Because it, it does give that Shadow of the Colossus feel after each time you would kill a Colossus. You're like, am I the baddie? And that's kind of <laughs> the vibe I yep. get here. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Number 10, Solar Ash. Now, I'll probably give my, some more final thoughts on it probably next week or the week after. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's, that's the best Good thing deal. I can say about it. Yeah, I um in the little I I haven't heard a ton of people talk about Solar Ash, um, but the people that I have have kind of echoed a lot of the same things that you're talking about. Where um they they wish that some of the narrative had been kind of left more up to the imagination and mm-hmm. um really kind of leaned more into what it really excels at with the movement and um, just the world and all that kind of stuff in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, sounds like I've, I haven't kept as like abreast of the game as yep. you have. Um, partially just because I don't have the hyperlight drifter like experience. Um, but it, I mean, it looks great and oh, it looks phenomenal. Uh, oh yeah. And your thoughts on it. I mean, they're really, really solid. Like I said, they, they, remind me of some of the other things that I've heard where people, people have been very um, just over the moon about the movement of things and just like how everything has felt to actually play the game, um, which is great. Yeah. Um, you should definitely play it. Check it out. Yeah, but absolutely. That, that's my 10. Give me your 10, Chris. Well, Wonderful. Corey. Oh, our time out. Time out. I would like uh, to say Sorry, we have kept all of these <laughs> secret from each other. We have no idea what each other's yep, lists yep. are. So this is yep. just as fun for y'all. It's just as fun for us to hear. I, I was about yeah. to come. 
Um, Continue. Corey, my, my number 10 is Loop Hero. Oh, Loop Hero. Yeah. Um, so I just, so Loop Hero came out, I think, you know, if anybody Back had been listening, yeah, if anybody had been like listening to reviews and stuff, um, probably heard a lot about it back in the spring. Um, I didn't play it back then, um, but it recently came to Switch this month and I kind of scrambled to play some of it because like that was that was a game that I was looking forward to checking out. Um, so I've been playing it, um, you know, disclosure on that end, like I'm, I'm not done with it, but I have put in, you know, a fair amount of time, um, and feel confident enough at least about how I feel about it or how, you know, in what ways I'm thinking about it to like, you know, put it on my list and be excited about it. Um, but loop hero, um, we've spoken about it here and there, but for anybody that doesn't know, I mean, you were, you were essentially like a, for lack of a better term, kind of like a pseudo DM of a hero's journey in this okay. like kind of washed away void of a world um, where there's a hero and there are monsters and they fight, but you are not directly controlling any of them. Your job largely is the hero goes around this loop and you are populating the world. Um, for good and bad, you're creating, you know, the villages, the wheat fields that heal him, and you're creating the forests and the graveyards that have monsters that are trying to kill him. And your job of what you're trying to accomplish essentially is striking a balance during each of these loops of not making it because at the end of, at the end of it, the goal is to fight a boss like there are multiple bosses right. after a certain number of loops or after you know something's kind of accomplished you're fighting a boss and if you get to that boss you have to be strong enough to be able right. to fight him like your your character starting at level one has no gear um and you know there are there's slimes on the map that are just there that appear you can fight those you can carve through those they'll give you a little bit of gear here and there but if you were to just fight slimes all the way to the boss you would get slammed into dust um conversely if you were to so as the game goes on after each encounter after you know certain like loops and stuff you're getting these cards that you can play to populate the world if you play every card that you have to you know fill up the board with monsters and all these things that are happening your guy will probably get stomped into the dirt because okay. yeah. he he just can't handle that much because it's right. a lot i mean um a number you know there are a number of conditions that cause like depending on the tile different things spawn at different times and you know maybe this one spawns every two loops this one spawns every two in-game days or you know whatever right. and so you know, stuff starts kind of building up. Um, And so it's kind of your job to strike a balance, to create this journey for the hero that is equipping him to fight the boss, but also isn't just killing him outright. Okay. Um, And so, you know, I think I, we kind of briefly brought this up whenever I first started playing it. Um, It didn't really, like, I, I think Loop Hero out of, 
pretty much every game on my list or a lot of games that I played this year, like is kind of the definition of um, you have to get into it. You have to play it a little while before it gets right. good. Um, because a lot of, I think of what makes loop hero compelling doesn't really start to present until you're starting to unlock new things. You know, at the very beginning, it's kind of set that like, here are the cards that you have. You're going around the loop. It's kind of walking you through and kind of like a tutorial mindset. Um, but then as you progress, you're unlocking new cards that you can use. You're unlocking like passive upgrades. You're unlocking like more stuff for your camp that you kind of populate okay. after loops. You're unlocking new classes. You're unlocking like different kind of things. And it, it becomes more about like, okay, I can see rather than it just being going around this loop and I'm picking the best number and I'm picking whatever. It's like, okay, well, I, you know, I want to run like these cards are probably going to be best if I run a build that like is that's built around like vampirism where okay. he's just like every hit he's getting healed. Um, I'm going to make sure my warrior I'm going to send my warrior in like he's going to be good for that. So I'm going to really kind of focus on trying like I think that'll get me to the boss or like, you know, I think if I do these, I can really kind of center around speed. So I'll send in the rogue and I'll like kind of go that route. And so it does become a lot more strategic as you're getting these cards and you're kind of like the goal being kind of building this kind of monster hero who's able to self-sustain, who's able to get in there and just slice through stuff and get to the boss and, you know, whatever. Um, but it takes a little while. Like, the first few few runs, the first few hours, um, enjoyed it enough to keep playing it, but wasn't, okay. like, over the moon about it. Um, but recently, like having, like, having kind of progressed enough to have unlocked a lot of stuff and really kind of see like card synergies and stuff like that. I do see where a lot of like the just strategic heft of the game kind of comes from and a lot of kind of the creativity of it where it does kind of feel like it, it in some ways kind of feels like an RPG that you've played, but in a lot of ways doesn't just because it does kind of shift your perspective to where you are essentially being the god in this world who's steering the hero and helping the hero but is ultimately i i saw an article that talked about like loop hero being the best allegory for parenting of the year okay where essentially like okay. you know you you can't do it for them you can't make them win but you can set them up with the best chance of winning and that's essentially your role um okay and so it kind of takes, you know, you're having to take a different approach. You're having to think differently. Um, but I like it for that. Like I've, I've been, as I've kind of progressed, like I've been excited to go back in and try, like try something new or like thinking in my head, okay, you know, I did this wrong. Like I was having trouble with this. Maybe if I switch these couple of cards around and then if I put this thing over here, like maybe, maybe it'll go better this right. time. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I mean, pretty good praise um, is on my list to play. Um, it'll probably be something I get to sometime in 2022. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, everything I've heard about it is that it is great. You'll sink hours on hours into it. But the parent allegory is interesting. 
I like it. Yeah. Um, it's it's only been recently that I saw that. I can't remember where the article was, probably Polygon or somewhere. Um yeah. but yeah, I mean it was like that was that it was an interesting way of thinking about it. Um just because like especially as a parent, I I feel that in a big way. Yeah. <laughs> like um so uh so yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's good. I enjoyed it. Well, I'm a, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm excited to play it sometime. Um, neat. I like it. Yeah, dude. All right, Corey. What's your number nine? Dang. Friend? Uh, number nine uh, might come as a shock, but also probably if you've heard me talk about these style of games, you're like, oh, yeah, I know this makes sense. Uh, okay. Number nine uh, for me is Maquette. Um, really? The, oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. The Russian dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, puzzle game where it follows the journey of two um, young adults, middle-aged adults, I'm not sure, um, and their journey through their relationship of their meeting, um, them coming together to form, um, you know, partnership, be boyfriend, be girlfriend, moving in, the breakup, the fallout, and them finding... Um, well, specifically following the male lead, finding his own self and kind of finding yep. um, his own grounding um, as an individual. But overall, um, the game, these types of games, I'm just a sucker for um, things that have almost like these real world, like emotional beats to them yep. as something yep. that you can follow. And the game opens up. I'm like, oh, God, did one of these guys, did one of them die? And the thing is it opens up of them finding an old shoe, an old like shoe box. Um, and like the, of what, um, some of their like memories. And then it opens up and you explore through each stage of each stage of their relationship, this Russian dollhouse puzzles of like the apartment that they met in and like the surrounding neighborhoods and other houses that they, went to this carnival that they went to their original, the apartment that they moved into together, such things as that. And it's a very emotionally driven game as you kind of hear their conversations and experience their little moments in life is the best way I can describe it. It's just, uh, she takes him to like her like secret place. uh, And what I assume is like in New York, it's like this little like garden, like alcove. Um, and then like you experience like these moments at the carnival that they get to have together, so on and so forth. And it's very, I mean, it's heavy at times because you're like, Oh, I have been here before I have, I haven't had this exact argument in the past, but I have had an argument kind of near here in the past before. And it's a wonderfully crafted, emotionally driven story. The puzzles are fun. They're interesting. It's, you know, you have a very tiny world. You have the world you walk around in, a bigger world than even a bigger world, and so on and so forth. And it's yep. you just taking these everyday objects that you can find in each of these smaller, bigger, so on and so forth, and trying to get them to the right size to unlock the yep. next portion of the puzzle, and therefore experiencing the next moment of their relationship. And altogether, right. it just it got me good. Um, the ending is just... It is devastating of how it seems like these two people are like perfect for each other, but one is just stunted in their own personal growth and kind of can't get past it, which ends the relationship. 
But then it also, how it ends, it's both of them are kind of in a good place and seem um, to be happy by the end and where yeah. they're both yeah. at. Um, fun fact, um, it is, um, I can't remember his name, but Bryce Dallas Howard is the female lead. And it her, it is her real life husband uh, who voices okay. the male lead. Yeah. Um, and so their chemistry is their chemistry is incredible throughout the game. It's a pretty short game. Um, I think it only comes in at like five or six hours. It was the free game of the month, like back in February of this year. And yeah, all around, it just pulled the heartstrings. Um, I'm a sucker for it. And it comes in at number nine for me. I, I liked it a whole lot. Obviously made my top 10 list. And um, yeah. it's one of those games I might replay just down in the future. because got me good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, we, both played it kind of um around the same time kind of around the same time yeah um it i enjoyed it it's it's in my honorable mentions uh category i didn't i for me um because yeah i i remember the story of it being just great like i really enjoyed um just kind of the some of the little vignettes and some of the little things some of the discussions that were going on um as you're kind of solving these puzzles and doing these things um my like i i guess my thing with it being a little bit more like um the witness was one of my favorite like puzzle games of the Mm -hmm. last few years um and it wasn't like the puzzles were good um but it wasn't like at that like i think i had expectations that they were going to be at that level oh, that they were going to yeah. be this this same sort of thing um and there wasn't anything bad with them they just weren't like i i think my expectations of it were a little bit like not met as well as you know which is not necessarily the fault of the game um but yeah the i think the the narration and the like the like you said having Bryce Dallas Howard having like that relationship, having her real life husband and being able to kind of like interact, like seeing the two of them interact in these roles that way, like I think was really powerful. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I I think that's similar. I mean, similar, not similar game, um, but there've been a number of games this year kind of um, that have had that, kind of approach to things where it's just the slow unfolding of a life over a number of years or over a time period. Um, Unpacking was a big one this year that kind of had the same sort of thing where it was a, you know, the, the game itself and what you were doing was somewhat divorced from what the story was. And you're kind of like unfolding this narrative through like context clues and through, you know, whatever. and so, yeah, I I think games like that are always really cool. Um, like I said, I really enjoyed Maquette. It was probably like at my, I don't really know, maybe my like 12, 13. Yeah. So almost there, but, you know, wasn't quite, wasn't quite like my Fair favorite. favorite. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. yeah. But I, I liked it. It's a, it's a really good pick. I like it. Just, it. it just hits me in that mushy part, mushy part of my heart where I'm like, you know, this this was a good experience. I'm really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Number nine. I understand. Good deal. Uh, my number next? nine, sir, is uh, Returnal. Um, yeah. Um, I played. We we talked about Returnal uh, 
some. Um, played Returnal around Halloween-ish um, and really enjoyed it. Um, the the negatives on my end, like, it, I honestly, like, if it weren't for a couple of things, Returnal would probably be, like, significantly higher. Um, but the things that, like, I think the big thing that I had trouble with, it was, like, save states, for one. Um, that being, I think, you know, more so than some games that really did kind of hinder the experience. Cause I did feel like I, it's, it's been solved now. They do have like an option that lets you kind of suspend your run and things like that. Yeah. That is, you know, a lot safer than what it was, but like, it was a thing where I felt like I just had to rush. Like I felt yeah. like I didn't have, I didn't have any time to to waste because you know if this was going to be the run this was going to be the one that made it all the way to the end you know i mean i'd have to it would be like a two-hour run i had to get going i mean god forbid it crashed in the middle of it and lost everything and and that and it did happen a couple of times like there were there were a number of points where um i was playing through and put into rest mode like was kind of recommended i mean was really the only option and then I come back to it and there was a system update and yep. the game had closed out. Um, happened a couple of times. Not huge, but I mean, it was like whenever you think about other roguelikes, you know, it was games like Hades and, you know, kind of smaller scale roguelikes in that regard. Like, you know, they were games that you could get through in a half hour. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, 80s, and also under 20 minutes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a thing where like putting in that sort of commitment and not having an option, like I understood the reasoning for it, but like not having the option or not, you know, kind of, and also taking so long to come out with a fix for it was kind of, you know, tough. Yeah. Um, and additionally too, like I, um, one of the things that I appreciated last year about Hades and also about just other kind of games in the genre is I feel like they have used um, like color and like the, they use the graphics to their advantage in that regard to like communicate, okay, this is this item or this is this thing that you can kind of see from afar. So if you are like, you know, in Hades, for example, if you are rushing, you can see, okay, that item that just popped up over there. I don't want that. That's just, a you know, it's a pomegranate and you know, or it's this boon or it's this thing. And like, things are very obvious as to what they are. Um, so you can make those quick decisions without having to go like inspect something. And, Returnal, it took a while for me to kind of parse through like being able to visualize something. So know like, okay, this is an item that's going to heal me or this is going to be a passive upgrade or this is this gun or this is whatever because things weren't color coded well. Um, Also the language of it, like it kind of throws new verbiage and like explained what it does. Right. It, It throws a lot of nouns at you. It says like, okay, this is an artifact and this is a parasite and this is a, like, this is right. You know, it's, it's all that kind of stuff. Like it, it makes it 
it's stuff that as you're going through, you're like, okay, I guess I'll pick this up. And it, but it, it takes, it felt like it took a lot longer for me to really internalize some of the vocabulary the game was giving out and some of the stuff that I was supposed to like be able to see from, you know, wherever I was. Um, and so I think it made it a little bit more difficult to get into from the outset. Um, all of that being said, I wanted to lead off with, with that because like Fair. at its core, I think Returnal is a phenomenal game. Like when you can push past some of those things where it's like, okay, some of the stuff's a little obtuse and yeah, you could potentially lose your save again. They've kind of made some of those fixes now, but for a long time that was the case. Like you're getting a game that for one is just a fun game to play. Like Celine moves really quickly. Yep. She controls really well. Yeah. The gunplay is really solid. You know, you're the, a lot of the encounters, like, I mean, it is very bullet hell in some respects where you are having to dash through these waves and trying to avoid all this kind of stuff. Like it's, it is a lot of stuff that you're managing and whenever you're getting it right, it does make you kind of feel like a badass. Um, but also too, I mean, legitimately has like an intriguing premise. Like, I mean, the entire game, not to dig too much into spoilers, but the entire game really does dig through Celine's past and her own traumas and her own like insecurities as like a person and as an astronaut and as a mother. Um, and it is this game that like, I don't know, felt a lot more poignant and personal and emotional than I thought it would. Um, and I don't know how much of that was drawn because, you know, like Hades gets the big, like, kind of gets the big nods for putting forth like good solid narrative into that genre as it should. Um, so I, you know, I don't know how much has kind of been, you know, if anything was taken from that, um, what necessarily that relationship was, but Returnal does also feel like a good, um, kind of contender in that area where it's like, it's a roguelike, it's a yep. game where some of that context stuff, you may not pick up and that's fine. It's not going to ruin your experience. It's not going to make your experience any worse. But if you are really interested in like what Celine's going through, what her, how she ended up here, who she is as a person, what's kind of drawing her. And also like some of the, I mean, you know, some of the world elements that are reflecting some of these like emotions and some of these traumas, like where's that coming from? And you, I do think there's really solid feedback if you're willing to kind of like dig in and give it a little bit of time, like there is a lot of like good, like if you're really interested in digging in, there's a, you, you will get rewarded for that. I think the, you know, a lot of the stuff that you learn and a lot of the, um, story that's at play is really kind of compelling. Um, but you know, it is a hard, it's a hard game to play. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's not, um, there, I, I think, and that's, that's largely why it's just, it's on the lower end. Very like as a game, beautiful, great, probably one of the best looking games out right now. Um, and really takes like great use of the PS5 controller with yeah. like the, you know, half triggers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, a couple of those barriers, I think for me, just kind of push it down just because it was like, it felt a little 
it felt a little bit more resistant to let me in than, um, you know, I wish that it would have. But right. no, number nine, I really enjoyed Returnal. Corey, you you played a little bit of Returnal. How'd you, how'd you feel about it? Uh, I mean, I have a lot of very similar thoughts. I never made it far enough in, I think, to have a true opinion on it. Um, it was a very difficult game, and it came at a time where there was a lot of games coming out. No, it didn't come in at a time. I chose to bring it in at a time where there was a lot of things coming out, and I think I probably hit it at the wrong time. Um, I think the okay. gun pl- gunplay is great, movement's great. Um, there was just other things I was wanting to play when I did decide to pick it up, which is probably a mistake on my end. Um, I was looking for the okay. spooky season when I picked it up, um, and again, I had fun with it. And it'll be something I'm definitely going to go back to. Um, but it probably falls into like my 15 to 10 range of just what I've played. Okay. I made it, um, a decent ways into the second area. Um, but, uh, again, I don't think I have played enough to have a true or a very fair opinion of it. Gotcha. So. Okay. Good deal. Corey, what's but, your, what's your number eight, sir? If it's not going to be uh, Returnal, tell me what it is. Uh, cue the 80s disco music. We have Ooh. the return of the Phantom Thieves, Persona 5 Strikers. Really? Um, okay, that's yeah. that's actually... I mean, I I do not doubt your uh, adoration for the Phantom Thieves, but I didn't, I didn't realize you enjoyed Strikers that much. Yeah, I mean, I just love any any time with the Phantom Thieves. Okay. And uh, overall, um, I think it's a very shallow version of what uh, Persona 5 or Persona 5 Royal is, Mm because it does hit a lot of the same familiar beats throughout. Um, Very similar structure in terms of palaces to jails and like the themes that revolve around all of them. But altogether, it is a game that knows what it is. It is a spinoff. It is kind of a sequel. It is, a, I mean, it is a sequel. And it just has fun with it, in my opinion. Okay. You are the Phantom Thieves again, traveling across Japan on summer vacation, back together, and now a new form is attempting to take over um, Japan. And y'all team back up. You go back into the metaverse, and you, instead of palaces, it's jails this time. And instead cool. of the most stylish turn-based, um, combat there is it's now um still pretty stylish but it's a um oh muso what's the muso yep. uh, muso game now and while the combat in my opinion never really shines um all the dialogue all the quipping all uh the interactions that you have with the phantom thieves still hits all the same familiar beats so in terms of like in, an actual game is probably not one of the probably wouldn't make the top 10 as of like in terms of the combat that it has or uh, some of the overall features of it in terms of the feeling it gave me, it's going to make the top 10 just because of any more time than I can spend with the phantom thieves. I will choose to do so because persona five slash Royal falls into my like top three games ever. Yeah. Um, and it again, it's a delight to be back with them. There's some new wrinkles. There's uh, some new characters that come into the fold. Um, basically, Royal doesn't happen, though. It kind of is hinted at, but also it's not hinted at. 
Okay. Um, if I remember correctly. And then, but again, just a lot of fun. And yeah, it, I mean, it's 40 ish hours. Um, the ending is roughly the same as the ending of the original games. Very, very big. Um, it's just almost the exact same thing more than anything. Okay. Um, just, you played it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar. Um, yeah, yeah I've, I um I did not play Strikers. I own Strikers. I had the Wait, you didn't play Strikers? of playing Strikers. I didn't. I have not even it's, touched Strikers. Christopher. I know. <laughs> what is this? I'm. You're the one who so, introduced me to Persona. I'm. 5. I am. I am well aware. What, I mean, what that, do you mean you haven't played it? That that's the thing. So I mean, that was that was the hard thing with it was like it came out. Whenever it came out, there were a lot of games that were coming out at that time. There were a lot of things, and it just kind of it became one of those games that I was like, I'll come back to because I knew that I would. I didn't have to Mm-mm. figure out what my opinions about it were because I knew that I would probably like it. Even though, like, I'm not a big Dynasty Warriors person, right. like that style of combat doesn't really attract me. Like, I heard that it's still did it in somewhat interesting ways. Um, yeah. kind of personified it, uh, haha in a, it, it in did. a way. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't, I mean, that was the thing. Like it was, I mean, persona five is, I mean, a hundred hours strikers itself was going to be like 40 to 50. It's about was, 30 to 40. Yeah. And I just never ended up finding, the time I found the time to platinum Nino Kuni, but I tisk, tisk. <laughs> didn't find the time. I'm ashamed. To, yeah, um, I I would I would venture a guess at saying Strikers would be well established on my list had I played it. Um, Probably because yeah, I mean you're right. Like Persona is a vibe in and of itself. Like it, it's oh yeah, it's a whole thing. Like I am more than happy to play a Persona game. Um, I mean, Persona 5, definitely, but even like Persona 4 and some of those other ones, like, I mean, they're, they're potentially like less over the top stylish in the way that Persona 5 was, but like, they all have their own personality and it's very distinct and it's very well established. And like, yeah, I, any opportunity to play through those, I intend to, um, and I have every intention of playing through Strikers. It's just not yet. I just haven't (sighs) done it yet. (laughs) Well, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. But I no, know, Soundtrack, phenomenal. Menu, still as cool as ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it still has all of, like the wacky stuff that comes with Persona games. Um, again, the, the cast of characters, the Phantom Thieves, feel like they did in the game. Maybe a little bit more like shallow, not quite as deep as they were in the originals. But okay. again, that's a hundred... And if it's Royal 130 hour game down to 40 and it's more of them, it's no longer the game of you meeting all the phantom thieves, pulling them back in and taking on the palace. You are the phantom thieves. You're a team. And it's just you jumping in, going at it, trying to figure it out um, together as a team, which is great. It's a full game of you being the team, um, which I enjoyed a lot because it's there. While the original is fun to bring someone in, you learn more stuff. There's new dialogue, new quipping amongst them, um, more jokes. This time it's just them all together and it's all there happening at the same time. And yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a delight. 
If you've played Persona 5 or Royal and you loved it and you hadn't played Strikers, you should do it. And that includes you, Chris. You should do it. <laughs> and I have every intention to. For for everybody that doesn't know, apparently Strikers is going to be free on PS Plus. It will uh, be free on January. PS Plus. So, um, yes. So, more, more opportunity to play it. Do it. Um, yeah. It's just, it's fun. And yeah, I love it. Um, it probably, it would be um, higher. Um Usually, but again, I'm not quite um, the biggest Musso fan mm-hmm. in terms of games. And um, I mean, it, it, I think the only thing I didn't really like was that it is almost a carbon copy of the initial storyline, just shorter, okay. more shallow, and just different, different um, colors of paint over it, but okay. it's very very similar themes um, okay. for each one. Doesn't diminish it, but I'm sitting here like, I've seen this beat before. Get, yeah. let me, let's get back to hanging out with them and, and kind of going through them. The puzzles are pretty fun. It, it offers a little bit more variety of puzzles. Okay. Um, like it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, um, that's number eight for me. You've, uh, you've convinced me, Corey, I'll, I'll, I'll make it a priority. In twenty twenty, we'll talk you about it. Should sir next year, whenever should. we have our favorite games from not twenty twenty two that we played in twenty twenty two. Yes, I'll circle back and, around and we'll uh, we'll have. And I'll talk about Loop Hero, and you know <laughs> it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. I love it. Um, my number eight is uh, Life is Strange: True Colors. Corey, um, yeah, I so True Colors probably bounced around multiple different parts of my list of different like it <clears throat> it was a game that i felt could be very high or you know be lower i mean obviously kind of slotted it in at eight and i think a lot of that being um there there are a couple of games that are above it that i feel like um did some of the things that it was trying to do better at least kind of in like in the way that it affected me um but true colors i mean i have really only positive things to say about it i think the the only negative um that i really kind of feel is that it like it it in a way kind of feels a little anticlimactic and a little um i mean we we talked about like the conflict being scaled down like some of that stuff like some of these stakes not being necessarily as like huge and apocalyptic the way that maybe other games in the series have been. Um, and that isn't like a knock. It's just, you know, in some ways, like the game just felt a little, little smaller, a little bit more contained a little. And in you know, in some ways I think that was very good. And in some ways, you know, just kind of like didn't, didn't feel like it went as far in some respects. Like didn't, um, I feel like they could have delved a little bit more into like the, like they deal a lot with Alex's emotions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously that being kind of the core thing, the thing that I was very interested in, you know, once it was kind of presented later on and we won't like spoil too much. If you want to listen to more of that, like we have a spoiler episode that you can listen to, um, it, so but it does it. later on in the game, it does kind of wrestle more with like, um, Alex's powers to, not just read people's emotions, but to effectively like, you know, influence 
their emotions in a way and like how that plays into like just general morality. Like, is that something you should do if you have the power to do it? Um, and I think I wish that there was a little bit more of that. Um, I mm. think the moments that it does use that and do that are very powerful. Um, but you know, I, I wish there was a little bit more of that. Um, and I, I feel like there were a few points where it was just like, I wish they would go a little bit deeper. They would do a little bit more with this and didn't quite as much. Um, and you know, that's the, that's kind of the only reason that it ends up landing a little bit lower is, um, kind of just, I really enjoyed what it was doing and I wish there was a little bit more of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, true colors, um, we, we we spoke about it plenty before, so I mean, if you wanna if you wanna listen to me specifically go into it, um, good bit, go back a few episodes and you can find that. Um, but yeah, I mean, great characters, great town, like really does um, from start to finish have like a very strong, solid, affecting sort of emotional story. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like Alex as a character is wonderful. Um, I think all of the townspeople like, and all of the things that they're going through are very kind of like poignant and nuanced and very interesting. Um, and I don't know, I enjoyed it a lot and it was one of the bigger surprises for me of the year just because I really had, I enjoyed the original life is strange, but I have not played another one and I wasn't sure that I would really play true colors or if I would care about true colors. Um, but I played true colors and I really love true colors. Um, and I feel, feel good about it, Corey. Um, it was a very, uh, yeah, it was a very fun game. I liked it. Good. I am glad. I mean, you've sold it. I mean, even though it's been spoiled for me, I've been yeah. sold on it to play. So yep. now it's more of, okay, when's it going to be on a great deal that I can like snag it on? Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds a, I, w- I don't want to say delight, but a delight. Yeah. Um, it, it, I'm very excited to play it to see kind of the ending that I'll have and like the choices that get to be made. But if you're curious on it, go listen to our spoiler episode on it. Absolutely. Yeah. If you've played it, listen to that. Um, you can get a little bit, um, a little bit more of my thoughts and you can listen to Corey just have his mind blown as the game spoiled for him over and over. Correct. And over again. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Corey, number seven. That's what we're on. Number, what have you got? Number blow my mind. seven. Um, I might. I don't know if I'll blow your mind. I might disappoint you though. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I don't. I'm know. ready for uh, it. Number seven for me um, is Kana Bridge of Spirits. Okay. A, a game I had very high expectations for, and a game that I had wished would have been higher. Um. And again, like we've been doing, I'll start out with the negatives of it before I get into what are some very glowing positives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the game doesn't quite know what it wants to be at the end of okay. the day. And I think the people who made it were a bit unsure of it as well. Do they, it was, they wanted to be this old PlayStation 2 like platformer action. But then they bring in more Souls-like bosses and mechanics. Do they yep. want it to be this almost like Zelda-esque adventure, this coming-of-age story, but then they don't really give a lot of depth to its lead? Mm-hmm. Um, do they want it to have very um, 
engaging puzzles throughout the game to then only be able to not even be able to do half of them till the game's even over. Um, and I think overall it, it just kind of wrong every step forward that it takes throughout the game. It always takes either a step or two back in terms of, I find this frustrating or this is a complete tonal shift or, um, I wish there was just more lore and story here. And I feel like I'm being cut off at the knees, Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of things. Um, so those are my biggest gripes of it and all these things i think would have made it a lot better um if that makes sense they could have found a very um central tone and style for the game which i feel like it kind of flip-flopped into almost three or four different areas yeah that being said each of these areas it does hit it does phenomenally well um, the platforming is great. It's engaging. It's a lot of nostalgia. Um, it feels very reminiscent to old PS2 games I've like spoken of in the past. The Souls-like bosses are very challenging as well. It's quick combat. It's fun. Um, you can definitely string together some fun combos and like decent abilities. And the rot mechanic as well into uh, some of the later stage puzzles are very also intriguing a lot of fun overall soundtrack is perfection mm-hmm. um it, it it does it really well kana is an, an engaging lead again i think i would like to know a lot more about her i wish yeah. it would have focused a little bit more on some of her it focuses a lot on her internal struggles that she's had and external struggles but it never gives it's very shallow throughout is the best way I can describe. Yeah. It. I feel like I'm only getting like two or three feet deep into what is a, probably a very large pool. Um, yeah. she, and, she definitely kind of represents a drifter kind of character where yeah. <clears throat> she's solving some of these issues, but you're not really examining. I mean, you're, you're getting a little bit of a glimpse of some of the, some of what made her a spirit guide. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like there's, um, you're not, it's not really a story about her so much. Yeah. No, she stumbles or comes across to this land and she's like, my job here is to not cleanse it, but bring it. That's a horrible word for it. It's to, (laughs) that is, I'm sorry. Um, That is, sorry. That was a (laughs) Shut up. It, Good job. Her, yeah, no, her job is to come and help the land be at peace. The land that has very bad memories and is scarred with like disaster yeah. and sadness and help the spirits that linger and this, not to confuse it with the rot of the end, but this rot that lingers on the land to help ease it away and ease it into a place for new growth. And a new foundation to be laid for whoever comes next. I think the overall message of the game is what brings it up so much is because it is so much about, it's not even her like rescuing people. It's not even, it's not her saving lives. It's her helping the lives that have already passed on to continue to pass on. It's, you know, it's the devastation of this land and it's how can I heal it so it can be at peace. And again, that way, whenever who, whoever comes next is to come here and they can set a great foundation 
as well. And they can experience very similar joys, very similar happinesses that these people here felt as well. And I think that message is an incredible message in general, but also one that we should also look to emulate as well with the planet that we live on, the environment we live on. It's, you know, we're not here for forever as well. How can we each leave what we have to be better and to be a greater spot for whoever comes next to yeah. it? Can we yeah. move on in a, a state of peace or will our mistakes and our missteps haunt the next generations? Um, right. That might be looking far too deep into the game, but that is the message I took from it. But again, I think it, it kind of just jumps everywhere gameplay-wise and tonally-wise that I can never fully enjoy what was happening before being thrown into something completely new to only be thrown back again to what was happening an hour later. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think... It, nope, I'll end it there. That, those are my thoughts. <laughs> well, and I think... And you're right. Like, And I think some of that is the... Um, some of the negative of like building the game to feel like a very nostalgic game, like to feel like those old PS2 platformers is because, I mean, like realistically those old games had like, were just kind of all over the place and what they wanted to do. They had puzzles, they had platforming, they had really difficult combat. They had all this kind of stuff. Um, And it was only in like following years that we started to see genres kind of break out that really honed in and like perfected aspects of that, you know, where they zoned in. We're like, we're going to really go hard on combat. We're going to go really hard on platforming. We're going to go like whatever it was. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, that is one of the negatives of them kind of sticking so faithfully um, to feeling like some of those old platformers is, yeah, I mean, it did um, in some ways, felt like it could have leaned a little bit harder one direction, but did want to kind of satisfy and have little bits of everything. Um, I, I mean, I agreed like, uh, I won't say where, but Kana is on my list. Um, so I can kind of share a couple of my thoughts as well, but it's, um, yeah, it beautiful game. I mean, I think, um, did have some, but the game is of, gorgeous. Yeah. Very, I mean, for a studio that is, small and new and this is their first game like i mean very much out of out of most of the games on my list like this is toward the top um as like games that i want to see a follow-up to like i want to see what the studio will do in the future um because their like quality of work even for the frustrations i think are more having to do with the frustrations of like the genre that they tried to emulate as opposed to like their capability because they Mm -hmm. seem like a very capable studio. Um, and the game, I mean, for like, for the bits of frustration that it does have, I mean, the, I think the good parts do shine very brightly, like Mm -hmm. beautiful music, beautiful, um, art and animation, um, beautiful, just kind of like, points in like, just kind of, I mean, like you said, I mean, you shared, Plenty and made a, and made a lot of um, the same points that I would make. Where it's just, I mean, it's very thoughtful and it's very like very, I don't know, meditative in the way that like it yeah. um, 
you know, some of these points are made where it does like kind of, you know, you are sitting back and kind of thinking about it's not so much because the stuff's not happening to Kana. It's Kana kind of experiencing these external traumas and this like need for forgiveness from these other groups of people. And she's kind of, you're kind of like seeing that through her eyes. She's not intimately familiar with these people. Um, but you're getting to like feel this overwhelming sense of like, as an observer, like feel this level of peace and this level Mm -hmm. of forgiveness kind of like emanating off of these groups, um, as you're starting to kind of heal the land and help everybody out. Um, I think, yeah, I think it was a beautiful game. Um, I very much enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I like it. There we go. It's number seven for me. Hit me with your number seven. Mr. Chris, my number seven is death store. Um, okay. I played, yes. Um, low, too low or too high, Corey. Um, it's on my list and okay. I haven't spoken okay. of it yet. So yeah, <laughs> do without what you will. Um, yeah. Death store, um, played very recently as well. Um, recently, uh, released over the summer on Xbox recently came out to other consoles in the last month, um, month and a half, um, played through it. Absolutely loved it. Um, I, out of games this year, it probably like the soundtrack of it is probably one of my favorites of the year <sighs> that have come out. Um, Whips I mean, just, ass of a soundtrack. Yeah, just, it, it I mean, every legitimately great. every track is just great. Banger on um, banger. Yeah. It's, um, but no, I mean, it was a game that legitimately like the thing that I feel like kind of pulls it down on my list is just the, you know, it being kind of a game that from a gameplay perspective or, you know, whatever has, has been done before like isn't anything just spectacular you know it's like has really solid combat has good puzzles has all these things but it's not like it's just revolutionary in that way um the thing that i really genuinely loved the most about it was its world its music like i Mm -hmm. wanted to Mm -hmm. live in it i wanted to know more um yeah and you know i really I really vibe with the like the weirdness of the mundane, like taking the mundane things and making them strange in Mm -hmm. kind of fiction. And so in this case, I mean, it's this thing where like your home base is a corporate pencil pushing office. Like, you know, it, it takes death and makes it into this like very like, corporate spreadsheets, like all this kind of stuff. Um, and you know, it's, it's a very interesting kind of concept. I mean, especially the, they're, they're also all crows and they, I mean, everything's, everybody's an animal and, and all this kind of stuff, but like it kind of takes that role of being a death dealer, quote unquote, and just like makes it, makes it, boring like your role in this is kind of is just you're a cog in the wheel and you're just kind of like fulfilling your role and you know i thought like from that setup through like each of the different areas that you go through um Mm -hmm. some of the different like quirky characters that you meet, i thought it was just all like it like in reference to what i was talking about with true colors where um 
like I wanted more. Like it didn't feel like a, it didn't feel like a negative in some respects that I wanted more. Cause I feel like a lot of the characters were like very well, um, kind of presented. I don't mm-hmm. feel like they were like cut short and I needed more to like feel strongly about them. I just wanted more. Like I wanted to keep playing this. I wanted to keep being in this world. I wanted there to be another area or another, like whatever that I could dig into. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed death story and kind of, I mean, in a similar vein to like loop hero was a game that like from the outset didn't like know what was super special about it just because it does feel like a game that's been done before in some respects. Um, but it's, it's that like the time spent in the world and, you know, just being kind of enveloped by this music, um, that really just kind of set in that I was like, I really just love playing this game. Yep. Um, I don't want to say anything because it does come up, um, later in my list and I'll give my okay. thoughts then, but I agree with okay. a lot of yeah. what you're saying. Um, I think I just have a different, um, I'm trying to think of the word, a different view because of games okay. I have played in the past before that you have played. Yeah. And it's more games I haven't played. So yep. it was yep. a very fresh idea in game for yep. me, if that yep. makes sense. So I'll give I my it. thoughts yeah. when we get there. Um, but I like your thoughts and I think they, they check out. That makes sense. <laughs> Yes. You approve. You give a big stamp of approval. A big I mean, corporate stamp. Yes, a big it's gonna be a lot of paperwork. I'm gonna be so backed up for days. Yeah. Uh whatever will I do? This is the lines from one of the crows who is on his typewriter. <laughs> um yeah. Okay, Corey. Lines. Well, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna regale us with your thoughts about Death Star, Sorry. what's your number six oh. then, sir? Um my number six, which so I will start this off with this probably would be my number one had I actually gone and finished it. What? Um, but I also um, can't speak on it fully because I never finished it. I only got maybe a fourth or a third of the way into it. And that, sorry, okay. it is Tales of Arise. Okay. Um, a game that I have played, like I said, maybe a fourth of it, maybe a third of it. I'm not sure. But it's a game I have had an absolute delight with. It's been very fun for me, even some of the more difficult bosses um, I have found very entertaining. Um, I enjoy the characters in the world a lot. Um, it is a game that is very, like, cut up my alley, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And I have, I've loved all the time I've had with it. I put it to the side to go and finish up other games in lieu of this conversation to go back and, like, play some games to see where I was standing on um with them going into this and so but it comes in at six for me um but gosh it is great um iron mask is just the best in terms of your generic grpg lead yeah. um yeah. you know hits all the notes that you want for it um but outside of that i think the cast of characters are very um well, maybe a little cliche or still very fun and done yeah. very well. Xion as the traitor to the enemy who's on your side, but it's also uh, the woman who can't be touched and but has never experienced love and emotion now gets to experience it with the main character. Like it's a great story. It's a, a cliche trope. And it's that for a reason because it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Outside of her, I, I mean, I find Renwell a very intriguing character so far. Um, she is, um, it feels like there's ulterior motives out there. Because so, again, I'm not very far into the game, but there's always little like side glances, little like convert, like points of conversation that she has where I'm like, there's more to you than what is initially um, presented as well and then you bring in law um the other character you know the fighter who is presented very differently than how he comes to the party and he's basically just like your best bro um your ryuji of persona is what he gives me but at the end of the day it's fun i've enjoyed it i'm very very excited to go back um i have another game which comes up next um that i will talk about then that I will get to before then, but I'm pumped to get back into it. I'm pumped to finish it. I'm pumped to see everything has to offer. And yeah, it's, it. it's just been a, a delight for me. And it comes in at a crisp six. <laughs> um, yeah. Tales of Arise also on my list. Um, I loved it. Um, I think, you know, I finished it, did play through the, to the end was a little disappointed just in like, I think the scope of things it did. I, I mentioned it in the episode that I kind of had finished it and talked about it. Um, but you know, it felt a little kind of constrained. It didn't feel as mm-hmm. like open as some even tales games do. Um, it felt a little like in a lot of ways, like more linear in that sense, which I mean is kind of a tales thing they're kind of built that way um but it did feel like it's in you know in pursuits of them like having better combat and better graphics and all these kind of things they did kind of scale back the world a little bit and kind of like box it in a little bit more okay um which i mean wasn't i mean the the places that it created and the characters that it created and the story that's telling i think were very good it just felt a little you know that that was kind of my big knock against it getting to the end was just like feeling you know more kind of like middle of the road like loved liked the story liked where it went but it wasn't just like blown away by it you know some of that's the cliche kind of tropey stuff some of that's just you know um potential like development stuff um but i mentioned the episode like it makes me very excited for future tales games because if they've kind of laid the groundwork of saying okay we've built out the systems we've built out the engine um now we can really go to town on creating like richer like bigger worlds yeah um i'm really excited for that um but yeah i loved tales of arise i mean legitimately playing through it i can't remember how much time i put into it it was around like 50 ish hours um it yeah i mean i it is rare to play through a jrpg and not get some sort of fatigue about like combat I mean, to not get to some point where you're like, God, I cannot, I cannot handle another random battle. I can't do this thing, like whatever. Tales of Horizon never had that. I mean, it felt good to play start to finish. Um, And part of that's, I mean, just the presentation of things. Again, like it's not necessarily, it doesn't have the style of like a persona necessarily, but it does really go out to have like this very like 
rich anime inspired style. Like Tales games have always had that, but it really leans into it in a strong way to make you feel like even, even though you have to actively learn the combat to do well of the combat, it also gives it that extra push where things are a little bit more cinematic. They're a little bit, you know, it makes you feel even more like a badass for doing these sort of things in the right way. Um, so yeah, always felt good to play. Characters were like a lot of fun. Again, like um, wish potentially there were more or that, it, you know, the there were more like um, opportunities to kind of like expand and see them kind of like travel more and kind of do mm-hmm. more of that kind of stuff. Um, but for, I mean, for where it goes and what the story that it tells and what the game plays as, I think is just, it was wonderful. Beautiful game. Um, loved it a ton. And I'm very looking forward to, very much looking forward to um, future Tales games in a f- way that I haven't for a while. So, nice. I mean, like yeah. to, I'm pumped to go back to it to see the full story. And who knows if I ever revise this list and might come at one or could be number one. We'll see. Yeah. yeah that, that's six for me. Give me, give me your last one before we head into the top five, Chris. So I'm going to be very anticlimactic. Uh, my number six is Kena, um, which we hey. just, just spoke about. Yeah, I mean, it's um, n- no real additional thoughts about it. I mean, Kena is just a wonderful game. I mean, honestly, my like six through eight were pretty fluid. I feel like any of them could have like been yeah. above or below another one. Um, all of, you know, these three, especially, I just felt like really loved, really felt strongly about in Kena um, was kind of a huge surprise. Like something for a game that I was already looking forward to, I was surprised by just how into it I was. Because it very much could have been like a a Knack situation where like I enjoyed playing Knack, but Knack did not draw me in in any sort of capacity um, or make me interested in its world or whatever. It could have been another like game that was really kind of leaning into it that way, but it chose to be a lot more thoughtful, a lot more meditative and a lot more mm-hmm. like have something to say. And I think, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a, it's a great game. I expect it'll be a PlayStation like plus game sometime yep. this yep. coming year in 20 in 2022. It gives the vibes of it. Um, so if you've been on the fence on it, I would say maybe wait till it hits that because, uh, it feels like almost it will absolutely hit there. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's good. It's, yeah. it's, it's very, it's moment. It's moment to moment is always great. Whether yeah. Yeah. But you don't really know what you're going to get with it. Yeah. But, uh, Corey, that is our, um, that's our bottom five, which I don't want to sell them short. No, Beautiful no, no, no. games. The, Lovely games. 10 through six. No, no yeah. bottom to it. They, they are in the top 10 <laughs> list of this year. They have done hard work to be here. Yeah. Yeah. But Corey, um, as we said at the top, we are going to take a break, um, from these discussions, let you guys catch a breather, let your minds collect their pieces. They're coming back together and let you speculate on what could be in the top five. Um, but until then, Corey, um, tell everybody where they can find you on the internets. If they want to find you, Um, you can find me over on Instagram at hash slinging thrasher or over on Twitter at stay thrashy, but always, 
always, always, always, most importantly, follow us over at arcade underscore cozy, um, where we primarily just tweet about our episodes coming out, but we'll be yeah, more active. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I mean, I do New Year's resolutions, but I also don't do New Year's resolutions because mm-hmm. um, I'm also kind of like, oh, I should just, you know, start. I, this is something I decided I want to do. I'm just going to do it kind of a thing. I don't want to yep. wait. And I've decided I will start being more active on our Twitter. Uh, so expect more tweet and contents um, because while we both have access to the page, I have been, I have taken the initial, I don't want to use that word because that undersells what you do. Um, but it, <laughs> um, I mean, it's just been my um, prerogative of the podcast yeah, yeah, to run, yeah. and I've done a poor job of it, and I would like to apologize. And I've decided I will be more active on it. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Expect more weird and interesting um, tweets about video games, and maybe an occasional like soccer tweet. Um, Ooh, every now look and forward then. to that, everybody. You heard I mean, me wearing first. I'm wearing my United kit right now. We played today three one. No, you're not. He's he is naked on screen. You're, you're not supposed to say that. Um, no, I I mean I feel the I feel the same way about the the Instagram. We're we're trying to we're trying to we're we're growing. 2022 is a year of growth. Um, yes. You know you can follow us at Arcade Cozy on Instagram, where the uh, the intent is to you know, bring you more quality content hey. um, on par with what you've come to expect on this podcast. We have a new um, post. Yeah, we have a new post, everybody. Go see it. Um, mm, let it go off how I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> me, me personally, though, you can find me at 4PointPixel on Instagram and uh, SwissMonJoe on Twitter. Uh, Corey, next week, we are talking about our top five games next week a yes. couple of days from now who knows next episode um that's yeah. what it is uh, they'll probably come next out episode. on the same day maybe a day apart yeah. who knows um but uh yeah yes sir i'm very excited to hear uh what you have coming down the pipe <laughs> sir i think i do so, have a couple surprises so i'm sure you do i think i might too maybe i don't know we'll who knows um but Corey, until next time whenever uh I hear whatever you have to tell me. I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. Um, we will uh, We'll see you then. Uh, uh, what, what do I say at this point? Arcade Cozy, uh, life is hectic. Uh, why should your hobbies be too? Let's go. Let's go.